1993, American television was forever changed when a floating head in a tube chose five teenagers with attitude to protect Earth from alien monsters. Twenty years later, it is still one of the most popular franchises on television. Charlie's Geekcast presents... Contact the Power Rangers at once. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the fourth installment of Geeking on the Power Rangers. My name is Charlie Neymar, and once again, I am joined by Daoud Fakirin of the Noob52 podcast as we continue our look at the various incarnations of the Power Rangers. The next series was Power Rangers Lost Galaxy. ran for 45 episodes from February 6, 1999 to December 18, 1999, and is adapted from... Seiju Sentai, Ingaman. Now, this was another interesting one. After um, the whole big deal they had to deal with uh, Power Rangers in space not being a space Sentai, they decided to do this one in space, but once again, the Sentai was not in space. In fact, it was a nature Sentai that spent just about all of its time on Earth. With the Rangers riding around on horses. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, that was interesting. So, fortunately, they worked around this by ha- having them on this lost, a, a colony, a space colony called Terra Venture. So while technically they were in space, they didn't have to do quite as much in space stuff as they did with Power Rangers, you know, in space because they had actual settings that they could actually do the fights and stuff that would fit with the Sentai footage. There was not as much Sentai footage used, but because of the popularity of um, Power Rangers in Space, they had a little more, but a little bit more of a budget to work with. And they, at one point, uh, one of the other series Saban had going on, the Mystic Knights of... Kiernanog. Thank you got canceled so they were able to pull some of the budget from that over into this series now this series also had another problem though 
about halfway through, they had this whole apparent... Well, the rumor is that they had this whole series of episodes planned out where they were going to reveal these ancient rangers who were going to have powers and, and look like the Die Rangers from Gosei Sentai Die Ranger using their costumes since they never actually have been used in the American series. Unfortunately, the girl that plays Kendrix, uh, Valerie Vernon, found out she had leukemia. So she was going to have to leave the show to get treatments. As such, they had to find a way to write her out of the show, uh, find it, and come up with a new storyline for the second half of the series, and, and still have you know, and still have it all make sense. Well, it still worked out. They had basically Kendrick's. Technically, she died. Uh, she comes back, but technically, she died. Just a flesh wound. Yeah, it was just a flesh wound. Just a flesh wound that completely made her disappear and stuff. Um, so that wrote her out for the rest of the series. There were a few episodes that apparently had been taped. They were going to bring uh, Patricia Jolly, who had been Cassie, on, tur- on the second half of Turbo and in, uh, in Space, to be the new Pink Ranger. But after a, I believe it was dispute over money, uh, after she'd already filmed a few of the episodes, she kind of got fired. They quickly went back and refilmed the final scenes of the Lost Galaxy in space team up, and they they put all of the uh, in space rangers in their uniforms so that, to hide the fact that Patricia wasn't there or the Cassie wasn't there, and they had some voiceover stuff to have them leave. And uh, then Corone returned to be the new Pink Ranger. She got to use this as a way to kind of uh, make up for all the evil she did as astronomer. It's, that ended up working out, uh, so it still worked out really well, if you ask me. Despite that, this is also a transitional series. Um, this, was suppo- this was basically the start of, of the whole, each new season has a new set of rangers, a new storyline, new powers, new everything, um, which continues to this day. However, this series does have some carryover from the previous series, uh, such as the uh, Alpha 6 and the Astro Megaship show up. Bulk and Professor Phenomenus show up a few, t- a couple of times. And of course, there's the, f- you know, Corone coming back as a ranger. So while it is a almost standalone, there's still a lot of ties to the previous series. But as far as the synopsis... Uh, new Belt Space Colony Terra Venture begins its journey into outer space to discover a new planet where the human race can thrive. I guess we're not thriving on Earth anymore? <laughs> well, it's, it's supposed to be several years in the future, so we're looking for colonies and stuff. I think, I think this is just imperialism. We're, we want to expand our reach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. The adventurous youngster named Leo sneaks aboard and his life will never be the same. Uh, on the training mission, Leo and his teammates come across a rift in space, out of which a visitor from, out of which comes a visitor from an alien world. Uh, when this visitor named Maya, well, it's a really uh, Earth-like name for an alien, <laughs> lists the name, lists the aid of Leo and his friend. They step into the portal and find a village overrun by local villain Scorpius' soldiers. In order to battle these evil creatures and protect the planet, the heroes pull quasar sabers from a stone and use their powers to, uh, to become Power Rangers. Leo's brother Mike, uh, who actually is the one who pulled the, his, uh, his Quasar Saber from the stone, falls into a chasm, or as Charlie would say, a chasm, seemingly uh, lost forever. 
ha, ha, ha. <laughs> the, uh, the planet is frozen and stoned by Scorpius of General Furio, and the Rangers flee to TerraVenture, where they stay to protect the colony from invasion. Uh, when the Rangers freed five galactic be gigantic beasts, who are called galactic beasts, from Scorpius, they return to return the favor by helping them defeat monsters, first as beasts, then as zords, then as the powerful galaxy megazord. Uh, a rogue warrior with a mysterious past has appeared on TerraVenture. His name is the, the Magna Defender, and he was on a mission of vengeance against Scorpius, who killed his son thousands of years ago. He brought with him the magnificent Torozord. It was discovered that the Magna Defender absorbed uh, Mike's spirit when to re-energize himself, which was uh, not allowing him to do evil deeds. It kind of like a firestorm setup. Uh, one of them's in control of the body, the other one's a disembodied voice telling, telling him what to do. Magna Defender finally released Mike just before regaining his honor and sacrificing his life to save Terra Venture. When the Rangers were in trouble, the spirit of Magna Defender appeared to Mike and passed his powers to him, making Mike the new Magna Defender. He had all the weapons and abilities of the original. Major shakeups were in store for the crew of the Scorpion Stinger. The Scorpion Stinger is Scorpius' uh, spaceship base. First, uh, Princess Trakina, his daughter, abandoned her father, refusing to be metamorphed into an insect. Uh, then a stranger named Deviat be became Scorpius' new general. Uh, he unleashed his, his three powerful uh, zords on the rangers, Centaurus, Stratoforce, and Medina. The rangers discovered that these zords were actually the missing Galactabees, and uh, they were turned back to the side of good, now serving as the rangers' newest zords. This treacherous scoundrel uh, then set up Scorpius' death to take Kuhn meant for Trakina, but Trakina returned just in time to prevent it. She returned with, the, with great power and fighting ability and brought along her trainer, Villamax, and his sidekick, Kegler. Uh, Deviat obtained the Psycho Ranger key cards and restored them to have them battle the Galaxy Rangers, a distress call from Alpha about the Space Rangers to help them out. Kendricks and Cassie followed Psycho Pink to an alien planet where Kendricks was apparently destroyed. Her Kratos Saber was retrieved by Koran, who used it to become the new Pink Ranger. Uh, Deviat's quest for power led him to the Galaxy Book, artifact retrieved by Leo and Mike during on a rescue mission. The power of the book gave Deviat power, but really, power the book gave Deviat power, but also transformed Terra Venture into a into a lost galaxy. Transported Terra Venture into a <laughs> yeah, you're not calling me into a galaxy. That's cool. <laughs> Transported Terra Venture into a lost galaxy with no way out. The Lost Galaxy is home to Captain Mutiny, who seeks slaves, uh, who seeks to enslave the inhabitants of Terra Venture. The Galaxy Book eventually uh, returned the station to normal space. Uh, Captain Mutiny followed in his castle, which was destroyed by Chikina. Uh, Deviat managed to escape and forcefully merged with Chikina, creating a okay, uh, creating a ruthless new being which attacked Terra Venture making a crash land on a moon where Trakina and the Rangers had a final showdown, resulting in Trakina's destruction. The inhabitants evacuated to a nearby planet, and the Rangers soon followed. The new planet was revealed to be Miranoi. The Rangers placed their swords back in the stone, turning Maya's tribe back to normal, and returning Kendricks back to our physical plane. So, here's the lesson that we learned from this. Don't take swords out of stones. It only leads to trouble. <laughs> 
Yes, it will lead to your whole planet being taken, being uh, turned into stone, and then you don't realize how to save the day until it's too late. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> Sigh. Um. Well, thank you for reading that. You read very well, by the way, for yeah. someone your age. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, <laughs> uh, n- nothing. Um, <laughs> what was your favorite part of the series? Uh, Alpha, I'd say. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about on off the top of my head. Give me a second. Hold on. You, you say yours. I'll, I'll say mine afterwards. Okay, my favorite part of the series was... My, I would say that the finale was pretty cool. Uh-huh. It was three parts. It was pretty epic. Um, and, but also, I also liked the fact that they brought back Corone, uh, giving her a chance to kind of redeem herself uh, after all the stuff she did uh, as astronomer, even to the point where at one point she actually basically, uh, through some mumbo-jumbo, ends up fighting herself as astronomer. That was what was my favorite before. Ha I knew I could come remember it. Wait, what's in that cave? Only what you take in with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, as for my least favorite, uh, would have to be every time Leo decided he needed to rip his shirt and pull it off. He did that a few times for some weird reason, and I'm not sure. Maybe they were trying to expand the female uh, viewership of the show. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Okay, now your turn. Okay, um... My favorite thing, actually, I really like the look of the individual Zords, but I didn't really like the look of the Galaxy Megazord itself. Uh, it looked way too much like the toy that I had. It was too, it was too much like the toy, but the Zords look really cool by themselves. Uh, it's supposed to look like the toy. Uh, you no, know, like it didn't have the you know the shine, the shininess of the Megazord. It just looked like. The one I had, the toy that I had in my hand when I watched the show, which is, by the way, the only Megazord I have. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, and the thing I didn't like about this one was Ta- Captain Mutiny. I think that's what I said before. Yeah. Captain, yes. Yeah, uh, Captain Mutiny. The pirates. Yeah, the pirate, pirate, space pirates are not a bad villain, but when the main bad guy is a giant captain's wheel, not exactly <laughs> that threatening. <laughs> not a fan, huh? No, and it was confusing because while the show was going on, they had uh, had some contest or something, and you had to like you had to watch the actual show to so you can get the password during the commercials, uh, which I actually remember the password was Space Buccaneer. But during the promo for this contest or, or whatever, uh, they had a shot of Captain Nudie like turning around when he's first introduced to Justin the Swabbies, and I was just like, mm-hmm. "What the heck is that thing?" And I just, I was just really, really confused at like, what in the world was that? Because it, uh, it didn't fit with any of the previous, uh, didn't fit with any of the previous established villains, and it didn't really fit the whole bug theme of anything else. <laughs> of course not. Yeah. Okay then, let's look at the notes real quick. Uh, let's see. As far as VHS releases, because this is still came out during the era of VHS. Um, Power Rangers Lost Galaxy, The Power of Teamwork Overcomes All. Basically includes the first two episodes of the series, as well as the third episode. So, the first three episodes. And then 
The Return of the Magnet Defender has four episodes, basically featuring episodes 9 through 15, 15 with a couple of skipped over. With one or two skipped, I think. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, yeah. With, at least, with, with one of the episodes skipped, apparently, according to the episode list. And that was all that came out on VHS, so you would not have seen the entire series. Uh, as far as DVD goes... The To the 10th Power, which is the first part of the two-part team-up, uh, was on that Ultimate Rangers DVD. The entire series was released on DVD in Europe, and uh, it will be part of the uh, Zeo to Lost Galaxy box set that will be coming out soon and was already released as part of the Mighty Morphin to Lost Galaxy set that was exclusive to Time Life. I believe it's still available, but it's like $220, I think. Hey, I've got a question. Uh, what's a VHS? Seriously? No, no, not seriously. <laughs> oh, I was going to have to be like, no. <laughs> You're not that old. No, no, I, I don't remember. Or Beta not Max, that young. I don't remember Betamax, but I, I remember VHS. Okay, well, I don't remember Betamax, so you're okay there. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> don't be coming at me with, what's a VHS? I don't understand what that is. Well, okay, I've had, I, I'm trying I'm to be a teacher just like our buddy John Wilson. Uh, yeah, I've had a few. <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually how that's how I came out, came in contact with the New Fifty Two, and you through the, the New Fifty Two Adventures of, of Superman. Oh, yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, and uh, anyways, my I've I've helped out in a second grade classroom. They actually have asked me what VHS is. Uh. Yeah, uh, which I was expecting from second graders, but not when I was. Uh, working with eighth graders, they're like they're about like thirteen or so. I was like, that made me feel old. That made you feel old. <laughs> You'd be surprised how often I feel old. I, I, I keep uh, people keep telling me that I'm an old soul and a young body. Cause I, I remember the eighties uh, Ninja Turtles cartoon. I, I know what VHS is, I'll, because I'm the youngest of my brothers and my oldest is ten, brother is ten years older than me. I. I grew up with some influence from the 80s. So even among people my age, I feel old. It doesn't count. What? Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> and I reckon, uh, when you did your Cartoons of the 80s uh, episode, towards the end, I actually watched some of those shows. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, um, it's like towards about 87 onward, I think. So you started watching TV like right when you came out? <laughs> no, uh, I saw some... I saw. <laughs> I saw those shows later on. Uh, like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, jeez. Like we had VHSs of the of those shows. Okay, you had me scared for a second. I was like, he just pops out, and all of a sudden he's like, I want to watch TV. Uh, no, that came when I started being able to talk. That was my uh. life for about ten years. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the seventh episode, Double Duty, reaches hundredth episode of Power Rangers. Uh, Power Rangers Lost Galaxy presently owns the highest death toll of main characters thus far. Ah, see, main characters. Uh, uh, thus far seen in a Power Rangers series with Magnet Defender, Scorpius, Furio, Treacheron, Villamax, the Guardian, not from Superman, uh, Loilax, or just Loyax, Trakina, Deviat, Captain Mutiny, Barbarax, the Stratus Force Megazord, the Centaurus Megazord, Torozord, Decca in 
basically the Astro Megazord, and Kendrix, uh, even though she comes back at the end, all being destroyed or dying by the during the course of the series. Jeez. Uh, Lost Galaxy was the first series not to take place in the fictional city of Angel Grove. It's the first series to abandon the teleportation ability seen pre- in all the previous series. Uh, it's the first season where the monsters are able to grow without the help of any of the central villains. Uh, although, um, I believe in the Sentai version, the monsters actually would drink some kind of potion. Basically, it was a last-ditch thing. It was like, if they drink it, they're going to die. But they want to. They're going to risk it to destroy the rangers, and it doesn't work. Um, so they're basically lo- Kamikazeing. Basically, yeah. Uh, Lost Galaxy is the first season to have a three-part series finale. Uh, it is the first season to have sentient Zords, except for maybe Titanus, and the Tor, Tor the Ultra Zord. See, we we threw that one under the bus. That one, if if I had a couple, anyway. Um, the position of Magnet Defender as a Ranger is a source of debate, uh, since he's never actually called a Ranger. Uh, although, advertisements for the figures call him Magnet Defender Power Ranger, but I don't think that that counts. Um, and it's debatable whether that's official, due to the fact that most of the people that come up with advertisements don't know the show they're talking about. Yeah, it's uh, man, man, like. Or, you know, if they called Mike the Magna Ranger, that might have worked. Yeah, if they had called him that, he'd be a ranger because it's in the name, but he's the Magna Defender, it just doesn't count. Yeah. Um, this is the second season or series where the entire team, instead of just the Red Ranger, received a power-up thanks to the Lights of Orion. Yeah, they got a belt, an armband, and a claw. That's really an awesome power-up there. Yes, oh, and a little added attachment to their swords. Yeah, their health changed. And, yes... And the lights also... Uh, oh, we don't uh, have what's the, the, the Megazord. Well, I was just going to point out that it does power up the Megazord, too. It even gives it some chest armor or something. Yeah, that was even more um, mediocre than the Rangers power up. Okay, but still. <laughs> um, it's notable for featuring the first Megazord that did not require all five Rangers to be present uh, in the same cockpit. Uh, in Megazord mode, they we're all in separate cockpits the whole time. Lost Galaxy was the last series to feature an alpha robot. Uh, and, well, as far as uh, as a regular cast member, alpha, there are a couple cameos in other anniversary episodes in the future, but uh, basically alpha is gone after this. Uh, it stands as the only series to feature a villain from a previous series becoming a Power Ranger, even though it was temporary. Uh, for the first time, the ending credits were accompanied by a display of one of the season's Megazords assembling. Uh, this trend would repeat until the middle of Wild Force. Uh, well, actually, uh, speaking of, you know, Corone basically getting Pink Ranger powers, if they come back, who gets who gets dibs on those powers? Uh, it just depends, I think, on who they can actually get. Um... <laughs> Uh, well, let's say let's when, ignore that. When Ken, let's just ignore yeah. it, just in story reasons. Let's say. Well, it's hard to tell. See, Ken, when Kendricks, uh, when they brought, when they had the team up between Lost Galaxy and um, Lightspeed, Kendricks came back. But they're in the upcoming Super Mega Force thing. Carone is coming back. Oh. So I'm not sure. I guess they kind of both get to be the Pink Ranger. 
Okay. Um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they'll have an in-story reason when they do the Mega Force team up, but I yeah. doubt it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not holding my breath. I'm just saying maybe. Yeah. Lost Galaxy is the first series to feature siblings serving on the same team because uh, of Mike and Leo. It's the first season to have a ranger die in the line of battle. She got better. She gets better, yeah. but technically she dies. Uh, it's the first series where the original Zords and Megazord were introduced the latest. Uh, most of the time, they're introduced basically in the first or second episodes. And in Lost Galaxy... Uh, the Galacta Beasts aren't seen until Episode 3. Their Zord forms and the Galaxy Megazord are not seen until Episode 5. Uh, this is the first season to feature a Megazord from a previous season in the Team-Up episodes, because the Astro Megazord returns. Uh, this is the first season to feature Rangers wearing stock clothes while demorphed, um, which would continue in Lightspeed, Time Force, and Wild Force. Uh, Lost Galaxy is both a Zordon and post-Zordon era season. As, it, as I mentioned earlier, it features a new cast, storyline, uh, villains, and set. Unrelated to previous seasons, however, it also has Alpha 6, uh, Corone, Astro Megaship, the appearance of the Space and Psycho Rangers, um, some of the characters from Angel Grove, uh, and, but it is truly the beginning of the post-Zordon era. Uh, to the 10th power and the power of pink use no Sentai footage. Uh, the rescue mission is one of the most recent episodes in this series to not feature any Sentai footage or Ranger action. At all. Uh, Lost Galaxy remained the only Power Rangers season of the four-year post-MMPR Zordon era to run for 45 episodes. Uh, Furio's costume is from an unused monster in Mega Ranger. Now, here's a, I've had a problem with this note for a while. It's, I actually looked into the character. It wasn't just a monster. It was actually one of the main villains who had a monster form. And this was it. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, they used. They. I guess it didn't get used before then. No, it didn't because like they that character wasn't actually used. Uh, it was a human looking. It was a human looking character, and then he had a monster form, which was Furio. Oh. Yeah. So like they couldn't use that character. That's why. Well, cool. Yeah. Uh, see, this is, folks, this is why we bring on extra people to do some of these stuff that I don't have to do. Hmm. Like, looking up stuff. Yeah, actually, um, I actually bought the uh, Trigger Pursuit 20th Anniversary Power Rangers Edition. When that comes, if we had done it uh, after that, I would just be, I'd probably be talking most of the episode. <laughs> well, that's why we've got you here. Yeah. This is the first series in which the Rangers are not teenagers, but adults with professions, for the most part. Uh, this is the first series where the characters... Where, I'm sorry. This is the first series where a character is able to combine with a Zord. Because Magna Defender can combine with the Toro Zord. And the uniforms for Terra Ventures Military are those used from the film Starship Troopers. Coincidentally, both series feature the protagonist, the protagonist fighting against bugs. Oh, actually, that reminds me. This wasn't an outfit in space. Um... Astronomer's costume was reused from the movie Spawn. Spawn? Really? Yeah. 
Yeah, um, what, what was her name? Uh, the mom from the OC. Uh, she was in it. The, the, she was working for the bad guy. Uh, that was the same costume they used in, uh, for Astronomer. I'm going to take your word for it. Sure. I have not seen Spawn. Oh. Yeah. Take a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. That's it for notes on Lost Galaxy. Was there anything else you wanted to throw in? Uh, the actor for the Green Ranger and the actors for Jakina are married now. They have three kids. That's true. Yeah. They are married with children. <laughs> Which is kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Archie uh, Cow. Um, you you watched the show, but I didn't, so it was news to me. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, he's been on CSI apparently for the last eight years. And actually, his character's name is Archie, apparently. So, he is named mm-hmm. after the actor, I guess. Makes sense. Yeah. Maybe it was just a, an amazing coincidence. <laughs> Can you imagine? We need we we have this character named Archie that uh, we want to fi- uh, fill the cast. Uh, well, we have this actor named Archie. That'll work. <laughs> Bring him in. Um, let's see. Also, the first part of this series gained the highest ratings ever in the series since Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and. Though the the ratings for that part of the series have yet to be reached or beat since. Um, however, the series entered when the series entered its second half, ratings began to decline. This was uh, due to the fact that Saban chose to promote their adaptation of Digimon Adventure, which became known as Digimon Digital Monsters. You know, because Digimon are the champions. Yes. Um, they promoted they promoted them over Lost Galaxy, going as far as switching time slots while Lost Galaxy was on hiatus over the summer of '99. As a result, this decision caused some problems between Saban and Fox. So there you go. Um, so moving right along as we speed through. Hold on. This uh, didn't you have something about the actress who played Maya? Yes, Maya is one of the most well-known, probably, of the um, cast of this series, whether you know it or not. <laughs> um, it, you may not realize that, uh, you know, it, even saying her name, Serena Vincent, um, you, may not, you may not notice it. But, if you happen to see this, uh, the movie, uh, Not Another Teen Movie, the character of Areola was played by Serena Vincent. The, the, as the name suggests, and the fact that uh, she plays the token uh, foreign exchange student who doesn't mind getting naked, so she spends the entire, uh, the entire movie naked. I believe at one scene she does wear a scarf. Um, but, you know, that's just around her neck at a football game or something. <laughs> anyway, so she's basically naked the whole movie, so you see just about all of Maya. Uh, she's also had a few other movie roles in which she's gotten naked and had uh, some sex scenes. Um, we're not going to get into that too much, but uh, yeah, you, you there. <laughs> let's just see. Say if you want to see more of Maya, <laughs> uh, check out the uh, check out um, not another teen movie, and I believe it's Cabin in the Woods. 
Cabin fever. Exactly. It's a cabin fever. That's what I meant to say. Also, it turned out she, uh, in 96, she was Miss Nevada Teen USA. Really? Yeah. Right before, well, things change apparently. <laughs> she gone from Miss Nevada to a Power Ranger to a lot of nudity. She competed in... She also... Oh, I'm sorry, what? She competed in Miss Teen USA but didn't get to the top uh, 15. So she, she was on TV then. Aw. Uh, she has been on CSI as well. Oh. I'm trying to remember if she was uh, one of the... Uh, <laughs> not like Archie was. I'm trying to remember if she was um, supposed to be a one of those... Uh, bathing suit models at a car show uh, or if she was at one of those adult um, conv- adult video conventions or something so uh, there was something where she was um, character name you know, is Gwen does that help at all? <laughs> <laughs> it still could be either one yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah um, I don't remember if uh, I, I think she was kind of like uh a friend of someone that gets killed in an episode or something like that, so they have to talk to her. I don't think she gets to actually even see Archie, but she did get to be on an episode of the same series as him, so semi-reunion if they happen to be on set the same days. Um, did you have anything else about Lost Galaxy before we move along? Danny Slavin played Leo is now a lawyer, successful lawyer. Yes, he is. And uh, he, uh, because of that, he wanted to distance himself from Power Rangers, which is why they had some trouble getting him back a couple, uh, a couple of times. Although he is coming back for that uh, Super Mega Force Legendary War crossover. Mm-hmm. But we'll, we're going to get into that in a little bit when we move up to the next season Lightspeed Rescue. series ran for 40 episodes uh, originally aired from February 12th 2000 to November 18th this series is adapted from the Japanese series QQ Sentai Gogo 5 which QQ uh, is I don't know I was wrong previously I looked I checked in more carefully QQ uh, is actually the uh, means like first aid or medical aid uh, oh. yeah and it's also the like literally it means 9-9 <laughs> okay, which makes sense because that because seri- uh, the Japanese version aired in 1999. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. So literally, it means uh, it means rescue. Actually, yeah, that's very close. Pretty close. There you go. 
Uh, plus, it's also a pretty cool sound effect when you're blasting people. Q Q Q Q Q. Um, sorry, that was a terrible joke, and that's the third time I've made it. Uh, I want to thank Dawood for laughing at it all three times. Um, Lightspeed Rescue takes place in the fictional city of Mariner Bay, California, which was built on an ancient, ancient demon burial ground. When the demons threaten to rise again, a government organization called Lightspeed, headed by one Captain Mitchell, recruits four civilians and his own daughter to defend the city. Each of the four civilians chosen has a special area of expertise. Uh, the Carter Grayson, the Red Ranger, uh, was a firefighter in the local fire department. Chad Lee, the Blue Ranger, worked as a lifeguard and marine animal trainer at a local marine amusement park. Joel Rawlings, the Green Ranger, was a stunt pilot. And Kelsey Winslow, the Yellow Ranger, was an extreme sports athlete. Uh, who, meaning she could you know, do stuff like mountain climbing and stair climbing and climbing up a wall. And Dana Mitchell, the Pink Ranger, was a nurse and practiced medical arts. That's not really a term, medical arts. Basically, she practiced medicine. Uh, the five Power Rangers were aided by a team of scientists and engineers led by Miss Angela Fairweather and operated out of the Lightspeed Aqua Base, an underwater military compound that also served to deter the, hy the hydrophobic demons from attacking the base directly. Plus, it allowed them to use, reuse a lot of the sets from uh, Lost Galaxy uh, because basically a lot of the consoles look the same. Um, the five rangers would be joined by Captain Mitchell's long-thought-to-be-dead son, Ryan Mitchell. Uh, and he would become the show's American-only ranger, the Titanium Ranger. The first time that they created an American-exclusive ranger for a series. You didn't get to see that much of him because of the fact that it had to be all-American footage for his appearances. So he doesn't make a lot of appearances, but he is the, the sixth ranger for the series. Together, all six of the rangers would prevail against the demon forces time after time, culminating in a final showdown where, in Power Rangers tradition, much of the weapons and their equipment and the aqua base are destroyed. Okay, what's your favorite part of Lightspeed Rescue? Uh, that would probably be how badass Carter was. He was pretty badass. Yeah, he shot a demon point blank in the face. <laughs> Because why not? Yeah, <laughs> because he's Carter. Exactly. Oh, also, and um, Diabolico rising out of hell to drag Queen Benchira down with him. That was that was pretty awesome too. Oh, that was funny. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, it sounded like you were calling her a drag queen. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that's what it sounded like. You're like to drag queen her down <laughs> to drag, and I was like, what? Uh, sorry. And, yeah. Oh, by the way, was, okay, so she wasn't in prison, but, like, she had lost her physical form. Is that what was going on? Because, like, I was confused about that. Oh, I thought she'd been imprisoned. I w well, if she was, why did she escape with the rest of them? She had to also um, get her power back. Okay. Um... <sighs> See... You're asking questions I don't know the answers to. I believe she had to kind of um, get her strength back and her power, you know, kind of uh, resuscitate or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, she had to wait for that, uh, like, recovery kind of thing. Recuperate? 
Yes, that's what I was trying to say. It just wouldn't come out that way. She had to recuperate. It just wasn't happening. Let's see. Okay, my favorite, because that's what matters on this show. My favorite would have to be the fact that we've got the Titanium Ranger. Uh, we didn't see him much, and uh, what's Ryan had this big storyline that kept him away from the main cast for a lot of it, but um, it was cool to have that we got an American exclusive Ranger, and it was the first time in a long time that he that the that a new Ranger fought against the Power Rangers at all. Uh, I believe since Tommy was the Green Ranger. Would you count uh, Magna Defender being sort of antagonistic to the the team as uh, a Ranger sort of fighting against them? Well, I don't count him as a Ranger, so he's Ranger. Yes, yeah, no. kind of a Ranger-like ally. Yeah, he's a okay. He's a Ranger-like ally, but this is the first official Ranger to fight against them right. since Tommy was the Green Ranger. But yeah, uh, as for my least favorite. Uh, oh, also another favorite would be the Super Train Megazord. But my least favorite was Vipra. Yeah. She looked she looked okay, uh, but she, she couldn't act to save her life. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's really all I can say about that. Yeah. She's aged pretty well, though. Yes, she has. Uh, in fact, there was a recent re- uh, reunion of all the actors from uh, Lightspeed, I think, except for maybe Captain Mitchell. Um, and out of all of them, she's the one that seems to look almost exactly the same <laughs> as uh, she did on the series, other than the fact that uh, you know her hair's longer now. Uh, yeah, apparently that, uh, that skincare line she, uh, company that she owns is, really has a quality product. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. She's the CEO of a skincare company, so that's really yeah. Cool. Which uh, she she started it up because she was having uh, skin break uh, skin problems during when she was playing Viper. See, once again, Power Rangers helps. Yes, and you know, it helps uh, helps people bring people together. Like uh, as we'll mention when we get to RPM. Yes. Get in gear. Um, Stand together. <laughs> uh, I almost feel like I need to play it now. Was I was like, gonna wait till we get. That's like the laziest theme song ever. <laughs> well, yeah, it has like seven lines, seven words. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. Um, as far as releases on VHS or DVD, VHS is videotape. Uh, it was magnetic tape, and it would record at different speeds and allow you to watch it later. Um, Do you have to rewind it when you, before, so you watch it again? No, but if you tried to watch it, if you didn't rewind it, you'd be at the end still. So you kind of, if you wanted to see it, well, the stuff on the tape again, <laughs> yes. Uh, and unlike an audio cassette, you couldn't just flip it over and watch it the other way. Um Anyway, <laughs> uh, the uh, first three episodes were on the Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue video tape. Uh, the Trakina's Revenge two-part team-up story was released on a 3D video through McDonald's. 
Uh, I believe it was one of their Happy Meals things. Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue Titanium Ranger Curse of the Cobra collects six different episodes featuring the Titanium Ranger. Uh, Lightspeed Rescue The Queen's Wrath uh, features basically the last four episodes of the series. And Lightspeed Rescue Neptune's Daughter collects three episodes featuring the mermaid lady that the Blue Ranger had a crush on. Yeah, we should probably mention this. Uh, Chad falls in love with a mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, she's pretty and she's got fins. Well, here's the thing. Actually, if we're talking of the popular idea of mermaid nowadays, yeah, why not? Although, here's the weird thing. How, um, the, part, the stuff you want to do, um, fish don't do it that way. And to, but if you're going with the actual classical idea of a mermaid, don't. They'll just drag you down to the deep for and drown you for... I have no idea why. <laughs> yeah, they'll just drag you Someone's underwater. been thinking about this a little too much. <laughs> I, I have an interest in mythology. Okay, we'll call it that. What? What? <laughs> what? Oh, you might be... Uh, I thought you meant the uh, part about them dragging you underwater. Um, no, yeah. Well, that's because of Futurama. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's the old, it's a classical debate. Like, um, what, what's, uh, if you got a regular mermaid, she's pretty, but you can't do anything. If you got a reverse mermaid, she's ugly, but you can do something. So what do you choose? Uh, moving right along. Fish head or fish um, body. The what? Fish head or fish body. That's where, yeah. that's where reverse mermaid is, where it's like got a fish upper body and a human lower body. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never thought about the other way. That's kind of messed up, man. Well, that, you might have yeah seen that in an episode of Family Guy where Lois is rescued by one. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> Ooh. Um, <laughs> Enjoy that. So we're going to move right along into the notes. Um, oh, no, we're not, because there's still the... Uh, Turquina's Revenge was also on the best Power Ranger Ultimate DVD, uh, Ultimate Rangers DVD, and the complete season was released in Europe. Uh, no official release has been made for the uh, series in the States. Lightspeed Rescue was the first Power Rangers season to be truly independent of its previous seasons and had no ties to any of the previous stuff outside of the team-up episode. Um, it's the first Power Rangers series in which the Green and Blue Rangers, not just the Red Ranger, receive battleizers. Uh, it was the first Power Rangers series where all the individual Rangers had professions before becoming Power Rangers. Uh, it's the first to feature siblings serving as Power Rangers at the, on, in the same team. Again, um, we mentioned Mike and Leo before. Uh, Mike only counts if you count Magnet Defender as a Ranger. Uh, this time they both have Ranger in the name, so technically they're official Rangers. Uh, Andros and Carone were both Rangers, but never on the same team. Uh, Amy Miller did not reprise her role as Trakina for the team-up episodes. And the voice of the Red Galaxy Ranger was also dubbed by someone other than Danny Slavin at some point throughout the two episodes. Um, and it's very noticeable. 
for some reason he did some of the the ADR, but not all of it. And about partway through the second episode, basically right when you're getting to the big uh, point of all the action, um, suddenly he sounds different. Uh, I don't know. It would have been better if Danny could have hung out for just a little longer to finish, or you know, if they used um, the different voice actor the whole time, maybe. But it doesn't. It's not even someone that sounds like Danny Slevin. Danny Slevin has kind of a low, a deep, a deepish voice, and the guy they got sounds more like this. It just didn't work. Uh, Titanium Rangers, the first full-on exclusive made for Power Rangers. Ranger. The reason behind Titanium Ranger's long absence and losing his powers was the lack of footage, since he didn't exist in GoGo 5, and making new footage, as well as using Sentai footage of the five teams, uh, would have caused the series to go over budget. Lightspeed Rescue is one of the few Power Rangers series to keep the Sentai term for the Rangers arsenal, for part of the Rangers arsenal. In this case, the term V-Lancer was brought over from GoGo 5. There's two reasons for this. One is that there's a giant V on it, which I guess wouldn't really stop them. I mean, the Dragon Zord had a giant Z on it, and no one said anything about that. You could just say that it, uh, Rita, uh, Rita made it. Uh, she worked towards that. There's a Z on it. There you go. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, it's the end of the off. I don't know. Anyway, but also w- when they make, do their attack with it, they make this Z, this V-shaped slash. So I figures, you know, might as well just use the name. Um, and, you know, it works for Amer- an American name, too. Uh, this is the first season series that the Rangers' opaque visor can be opened. GoGo 5, actually, sometimes you could see through the visors, even though most of those scenes have been removed obvious for obvious reasons. Although, apparently, there are rare occasions where you can see uh, one of the Japanese actors' faces showing through the helmets. Uh, this is the first season where the Rangers' identities are known to the public from the start. It's the first season where the team members' full names are credited. At the beginning of Up to the Challenge, Chad is trying to teach Kelsey how to do Tai Chi at a temple-like building. This building shows up in the first episode of another Saban series, VR Troopers. It also shows up in the pilot for the show that later became VR Troopers that was known as Cybertron and uh, was going to star uh, Jason David Frank. Until kids started starving themselves, and that's when he came back at the White Room. Yeah, so he had to come back to Power Rangers. Um, it's the first episode to not include Bulk, the the character. Uh, it's the first series to have trains for Zords, and there are some pretty awesome trains. I don't know how big of a note this is, but if you're a fan of Beyonce, uh, two of the cast members, the Blue Ranger and the Green Ranger, have both co-starred alongside Beyonce. Uh, the Blue Ranger was in... Gold uh, was an Austin Powers gold member. Uh, as a security seen. guard in Japan. <laughs> oh, uh, it yeah, it's in Japan, and basically he gets to uh, near the fountain. Yeah, there's a there's 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 a scene where Austin is sneaking in a room in a room with a water fountain that basically is, I guess it shows like Cupid peeing, yeah, um, or something like that. No, Cupid spitting, Cupid. I don't know. Water. It's a water fountain, and um, at some point, Austin accidentally unplugs it, <laughs> and it raises the attention of this of the actor or of the guard who is played by the Blue Ranger, and um, Austin saves himself by standing next to the statue portion of it and literally peeing into the fountain, um, 
that works for a little bit until he actually starts running out of pee. Uh, but fortunately, he is able to get it plugged back in before too much of a hassle, although he does end up having to do a judo chop on the guard, I believe. No! Beyonce does it, doesn't she? I don't, I don't remember that. Jive kick or something? <laughs> and uh, the Green Ranger co-starred in the movie Dream Girls with Beyonce, also. I haven't seen that movie, so I can't tell you scenes from that one. Um, would not. It's probably not as funny. Um, this is the first time the five rangers were complete strangers before becoming rangers. And it's the first season to be completely free of continuity from the previous seasons. And that basically will continue until the, well, until Megaforce. Do you have any final notes on Lightspeed Rescue? Uh, yeah, Monica... Uh, Lowe, I'm not sure how to say it. Uh, Lauren's... Uh, the Warrens. Lights, uh, the, uh, and she played Angela Miss, uh, Fairweather. Fairweather? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay, uh, she, she was a beauty queen as well. Uh, um, really? She, yeah, um, let me just check what pattern she was in. I had it here a second ago. She was, Miss, she was in Miss America, although she's from Canada. She's weird. <laughs> Canada is part of America. It's yeah. still North America. Yeah, North America. Oh, I see. Okay, so Miss America would be North America. Okay, that makes more sense. Uh, she was... Uh, she was also Miss Missis, Miss Mississippi. <laughs> Easy for you to say. Mrs. Mississippi. What was that? Uh, in I'm sorry, I was mocking you. 1985. Okay. Yeah. And uh, in 1996, she uh, she was chosen to represent Mississippi in Miss America. As Miss Mississippi. Yes. Amazing how that worked out. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Okay, I, I didn't know. This. Man, this season this season was full of beauty queens. No, not the last season. The last two seasons had beauty queens. Cool. Yeah. All right, next up, Power Rangers Time Force. Time Force. Time Force. Power Rangers. Racing to Rangers Time Force ran for 40 episodes from February 3rd, 2001 to November 17th, 2001, and was adapted from the Japanese series Mirai Sentai Time Ranger. You would think we were professionals. In the year 3000. In the year 3000. And one. <laughs> and one. Yes. <laughs> In the year 2000. Uh, and one. <laughs> a mutant criminal named Rantic is... Uh, Rantic. Sorry. <laughs> Got carried away. <laughs> now you're taking overboard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, he he's been trying to take over the city for a while. Um, he hasn't been able to. So, uh, so he decided to go back into the past, where there is no time force, a special police uh, set up to deal with the time uh, with the mutant criminals. Kind of. I, 
find it kind of offensive they set up with special branches of police specifically to, to, real, uh, to deal with with basically a specific race of criminals. I find that offensive. Yes. Yes. Anywho. But if you think about it too much... Um, yeah, let's not get into we'll, real we'll, world. We'll get into yeah. a whole new thing that we don't want to get yeah, into. Yeah, no, we don't. Um, but there's enough places in Power Rangers already. Ha ha. Yes. I see what you did there. Very good. <laughs> and, uh, okay, the Red Time Force Ranger shows up to stop him. Uh, he, a little bit of fighty fighty goes on. We don't get to see it. Uh, and then after the after the opening, we get this. Alex, the Red Time Force Ranger, uh, like basically bursts out of the warehouse. Rantic was holed up and uh, dragging Rantic behind him, or not actually dragging Rantic by his handcuffed hands. Handcuffed hands. Wow. <laughs> and pulled, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, he pulls. Anyways, he. Uh, Rantic is put on trial, and we get to meet the rest of the team, who Alex is actually not a part of, but uh, he works with them pretty closely, very closely in, in ter- with uh, Jen, the leader. You got uh, Jen, the tough leader, who later becomes the Pink Ranger. Uh, Tr- Lucas, the hot-headed ra- former race car driver, who becomes the Blue Ranger. Trip, the Zybrian, uh, Zybrian's an alien. He's, uh, he has psychic powers and green hair. The diamond in the middle of his forehead, along with his little robotic owl circuit, which is really cool. And is uh, and finally we have Katie, the genetic engineered super strong woman. It sounded like a carnival act. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow! But yay! Oh, okay. I thought you were. I thought you were saying like, wow. Okay, clearly you said it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Dude! Uh, strong, uh, saying strong, a genetic engineer, genetically engineered strong woman, it doesn't sound like a carnal act to you? Dude! What? No, no, <laughs> nothing, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, just having now? fun, oh, yes. Okay. I, I do this from time to time. <laughs> the only entertainment you have. You've, you've inadvertently recorded with me long enough to know this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you, um... Rancic is uh, just guilty, and he's sentenced to, I think, a lifetime of cryogenic containment, which cryogenic containment means he's not going to be aging, so lifetime basically means in, uh, he's sentenced to eternity in frozen, in frozen containment. So, okay. So he's frozen. Yeah, he's frozen forever. And contained. Yes. In, in frozen containment. Yes. Which honestly, Just checking. Uh, oh, Rantic escapes while Jen's team is transporting him to the cryo prison. Is that right, part? He actually goes to the cryo prison anyways. Might have been a, I guess he didn't want to risk trying to escape while the guards are uh, actually on guard. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to escape while the guards are on guard. Yeah, you want to catch him off guard. That that sounds so meta, man. <laughs> you don't want to do it while they're on guard. <laughs> and he he escapes. He attaches the time. And, yeah, I don't know how. But I guess flag. Oh, I guess the guess the uh, someone stole from evidence the time engine he was going to use to go into the past. He attaches it to the console for inside the prison. Uh, I'm assuming the reason why he stole the prison is because he wanted some monsters to help him take over, or not monsters, mutants. I don't. I want to use the correct term. EPC here. 
Yes. Do that. Yes. BPC here. Um, he escaped into the year, into a thousand years into the past. After in the year two thousand and one. <laughs> uh, he escapes into the past after he uh, had a final showdown with Alex. He struck him down dead. Dead. He dies. Dead. <laughs> yes, he dies dead. <laughs> as opposed to dying living. Yeah, like Dracula. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, undead. That's just undead. That doesn't count. He's not dead. He's undead. Fuck him in the eye. Yep, he's undead already. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> uh, oh, we're having fun. He, then, <laughs> Jen runs up to him and, you know, is crying. It's actually a very good performance by Aaron Cahill here. Actually, very good performance throughout the entire season. Uh, she's crying. Uh, like someone who, whose love of their life just died and right in front of them. Uh, and he gives her uh, his morphine and says, don't let him get away. She, she and her team, who were fired for letting Francie escape, uh, steal a time ship and the morphers, and all the equipment for the, that they're going to be using later on. As you do. Yeah, as you do. And they go back into the past. Uh, they wake up in Silver Hills, California, who someone said was named in honor of Zane, which may or may not be true. Uh, and they start searching. I can neither confirm nor deny. Yes. Uh, they, they start... They activate these really cool DNA scanners, which are basically touch this thing behind their ear and sunglasses pop out. Really cool. Uh, that would help, because I'm always forgetting my sunglasses. I don't need to wear it, because I wear transition lenses. <sighs> hey, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's a small, uh, it's a small comfort, given the fact that I have to wear, I can't see my hand from my face without my glasses. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have dual. I have dual astigmatism, so. Oh. Yeah, so I see stuff when I take my glasses off. I see a small like, after. Yeah, I guess you'd call it an after image, slightly to the left and slightly above. I, have, I see like, three of everything when I take my glasses off. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's like. Well, stop that. <laughs> I can't. My eyeballs are shaped like footballs instead of basketballs. Oh. Yeah, that's what, that's what the astigmatism is here. The eye, the light doesn't correct, doesn't reach my optic nerve in the back of my eyeball correctly. That's why my, that's why I need glasses. Anyways, back to uh, back to time force. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> uh, while searching, Jen runs into Wesley Collins, our hero or our Red Ranger, later on. Uh, when they finally, <laughs> he's our hero, but not yet. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> they, they find a mutant, uh, but and then when they try to morph, it doesn't work. Uh, later on, uh, Circuit finds out the reason for this is because the the morphers are DNA coded to their users, and they need the red the red morpher to be activated to unlock the others. Uh, I guess this is just to keep people from stealing them. Uh, I guess the mm-hmm. red ranger needs to. Basically, okay, the other rangers to use more person, and then they'll be DNA locked. Uh, uh, well, I just came up with that on top of my head, and actually fits. Okay. Uh, <laughs> is it weird when that happens? 
Yes. Yeah. But he, uh, they go back to Jen visits him in his, in his mansion. Wes is rich, by the way. Or his dad is, anyways. Well, his dad is, yeah. yeah. He's rich by proxy. Yeah, he's rich by proxy. Uh, and I, basically tells him the story and asks him to use the morpher. He, of course, doesn't believe him. Uh, not the fact that they're Power Rangers. That's not that unbelievable. It's the fact that they're from the future. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's just nuts. Yeah. And he, uh, later on, there, there, uh, another mutant pops up. They're, they really just, they know they're going to die. They, they sort of have a duty to fight, try to stop them. So they go in blind without any powers or equipment. Uh, Wes shows up, luckily, and unlocks the Morphous one. After that, after the fight, Jen takes it away because you're a spoiled brat. You've never fought for anything. You've never wanted anything that you couldn't buy. So I'm taking this away from you. <laughs> Punks. Yeah. Uh, eventually, he decides he, he wants to prove himself, so Jen gives him another chance. And he actually is able to keep the morpher for the rest of the season, even afterwards, actually. And then he... Yay! Yay! Anyways, uh, Mantic releases mutant after mutant. Uh, you know, typical Power Ranger stuff. Um, kidnap a school bus full of children. Uh, try to blow up this, this, this uh, processing plant. You know, typical Power Ranger villain stuff, like you do. Mm-hmm. Yes, of, of course. Yeah. Eventually, uh, Wes's uh, dad, Mr. Collins, I don't think they were actually given a full first name. Uh, Mister. Yes, Mister. <laughs> oh, apparently <laughs> it starts with an A, though. That's all we know. Uh, A, Mister. Yeah, <laughs> Mister A Collins. <laughs> uh, He's a Mister A. Yeah. Get it? He's oh. a Mister A. <laughs> oh, that's what I did. That. Oh, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> uh, hey. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I think Moving I right along. It was the joke. I just didn't pick up on it. <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad you caught on eventually. Oh, you caught on for me. Uh, uh, he, he eventually creates a, a private security team called the Silver Guardians. Because, you know, mutants uh, are attacking the city. Why not profit from it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When, uh, when most people see tragedy... Certain people see opportunity. And uh, I'm not going to talk about the moral, moral implications of that, but moving on. Uh, one of the members of the Silver Guardians is Eric Myers. Just make sure I say that name correctly. Eric Myers, uh, who is an old friend of uh, Wes's from prep school, but unlike Wes, he was sort of there. Uh, Eric is sort of a, uh, a kid from the streets. So he's got a really big chip on his shoulder because uh, he sort of went to school with a bunch of rich boys. <laughs> Shortly after he's introduced, uh, a bunch of archaeologists dig up a box, which is later uh, revealed to be the quantum controller box. It was sent through, in, our, in the early days of Time Force, it was, uh, it was sent through a time portal along with the Quantasaurus Rex, the uber mega dragon sword of the season. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it was lost in time because you know 
that early in Time Force history, they went, they didn't work out all the kinks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't remember how Eric finds out what this box is. He takes possession of it, and then by the end of the episode, he sticks his hand inside of it, which gives him the power, the quantum, quantum morpher and the quantum powers. He basically looks like a Red Ranger, except uh, I guess I, I describe his shade as crimson, sort of. Uh, it's still a Red Ranger. It's yeah, it's just still a Red a Ranger. Little... I'm just saying, you know, he's a slightly different shade than than Wes's suit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a little bit. But mostly, I think mo- the big change is the black instead of the white. Yeah. So it makes the red look darker, too. Oh, okay. I thought it actually was a darker red. Uh, so everyone realizes, hey, this box, if they actually knew how long the box was buried there. This box has been there that long. That means the Q-Rex is probably back in, uh, excuse me, back in the dinosaur age as well. So a, I don't know how, but a time-traveling Mantic releases the time-traveling mutant. This guy had the ability to time-travel. Why didn't... How the hell did Time Force catch him? <laughs> uh, they're just that good. Yeah, they're that good. A thousand years of progress and the police are actually do, actually do their job well. Oh, snap. <laughs> Dude, you're just trying to get us in trouble, aren't you? <laughs> I actually have uh, friends who are who are members of the police force here. I shouldn't be saying stuff like that. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Zach Little Police Department. You actually, you guys actually do a very good job. Uh, you've kept me safe for 20 years. I've never had any trouble. So thank you. Thank uh, you. Thank you, policeman. Thank you for keeping him so safe. <laughs> uh, he. Uh, and uh, co- along with the quantum powers, uh, Wes, or not Wes, Eric. Now get whatever to, his name is. Yeah, whatever his name is. They all look alike. <laughs> they actually do look a little alike. Uh, it's really the chin. It's Daniel Southworth's chin that really makes him look different. Uh, At least we're staying away from the racist comments. I did not mean it that way, and you know it. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, he he gets a what is called the TF Eagle, and he flies through the same time portal as that mutant who's trying to steal the Q-Rex. Uh, West jumps on and hitches a ride. They uh, the mutant does get control of the Q-Rex, but eventually Eric gets control of it back. I think it's actually I think he actually had like a, a mental link with it. Pretty, Sweet. Yeah. Uh, no matter how awesome this thing actually was in the show. The toy of it will still look being pretty awesome. If you lost that remote control, this thing was just a paperweight. <laughs> all we did was just awesome. transform and launch some missiles. That's all you could do with it. Uh, awesome. Yeah. But still, remote control transformation. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they try to... Some people at Biolab, that's uh, what Wes's, Mr. Collins' company, Biolab tried to reverse engineer the quantum quantum morpher to, you know, give the Silver Guardians even bigger edge and actually turn them into, into a fleet of power, not a fleet, an army of Power Rangers. Uh, Mr. Collins has something to do with the legendary war coming up. Hmm. 
Good I question. I don't know. I doubt it, though. Uh, he eventually... Okay, then we learn about Frax. Turns out Frax was not always... Oh, by the way, Frax is a robot. Um, Frax is not always a robot, though. <laughs> by the way... <laughs> Frax is not always a robot. Uh, back in the day, which, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but it was a Wednesday... Oh my god! Wow. Yeah. Back in the day, uh, Rancic was bitten by another mutant named Venomark. I think <laughs> was really kind of creepy. I mean, he went around biting people. <laughs> well, and leaving his Venomark. Yes. It makes sense. Yeah. Sure. Uh, he he's basically dying from this, which. As you do, when you get bitten. Yes. Yeah. Basically, dying. generally. Yeah, generally. Something, someone bites you, you're gonna die from venom. Uh, eventually. Yeah, eventually. Not treated. Uh, Doctor Robert Frakes, I believe was. I'm not sure if his last name was or first name. Oh, Louis Frakes. Ferrix. Louis Ferrix. Uh, Doctor Louis Ferrix uh, finds him and rescues him with the help of the Cyclobots, who he created. Uh, Rancic wakes up in Dr. Ferrick's lab, and Dr. Ferrick tells him that, I found this cure, but here's the thing. Uh, well, a normal human, you just have to take this once, and you're, you're good. Because of your mutant physiology, you're going to have to take this all the time, so you're basically diabetic now. Here's some, for, here's some insulin. <laughs> uh, That's mighty nice of him. Yeah. Yeah, and how does Rancic repay him? He blows up his lab, steals his, steals his potion, and his, and his robots. As you do. As, as, as villains do. <laughs> uh, he, but Dr. Ferrick did not die. He rebuilt himself. He had the technology. Oh, God. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, he had the technology. He rebuilt himself into Frax. Uh, although I'm pretty sure his near-death experience kind of left him with some deep emotional scars. <laughs> uh, Can't imagine why. Yeah. Who guy would uh, kind of mess up your mind? <laughs> <laughs> I am shocked. <laughs> uh, he grows more and more deranged. Uh, eventually he finds the key, maybe because Randick still treats him He's even worse now that he's a robot than he did when he was a human. Uh, he grows deranged, eventually he finds the key to the X-Vault, where the worst criminals were kept. Uh, he releases these uh, slowly and secretly, including uh, Venomark. After, just to make sure Venomark does, uh, does the job well, uh, he frax destroys uh, Rancic's supply of serum, and then releases Venomark on the public. I don't remember how, but uh, Biolab is able to synthesize a uh, reproduce the cure. You remember how? No. Okay. Uh, he he makes it, they make a new serum. Uh, Rantic, you know, basically plunders it. Also shoots Mr. Collins in the process. Uh, As you do. Uh, yeah, you know, you, you're you're robbing the place. You shoot someone. By the way, people, if you if if you're in the straits where you know you end up having to knock something over, don't shoot people. You're just making the situation worse for yourself. 
Now you know, kid. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Which you don't know because you weren't old enough. More pre- uh, no, more recent incarnations I know of. Oh, okay. Yeah. Alex comes back. Well, by the way, it turned out he did. Turned out the uh, the Wibbly Wobbly Time he wanted me to both the team, the mutants, and Ramsey being in the past, kind of all the time changes in the time stream created. Alex is not dead anymore, apparently. Yay! I guess. Yay! And also now he's Captain Logan's superior, so he's basically in charge of Time Force now. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. But like in Back to the Future, because uh, because the mutants and uh, the Rangers were in the past, they're not affected by the changes. They still remember the timeline the way it was. Of course. Yeah, that that's what happens. And it always. And uh, depending on who's writing the story. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, he comes back in time and basically he comes back to the past and says uh, you guys are kind of messing up the future so Wes I'm taking more from you you need to your dad is dying you need to go take his place and he tries to leave the team uh, apparently he's a lot less sociable now for whatever reason I mean why me he's less sociable now he's, uh, the team doesn't trust him even Jen which I think she I kind of got the feeling she felt betrayed by the fact that, you know, he didn't die and, you know, no one told her. Mm-hmm. I guess I would be, too. I mean, it, okay, Charlie, if your wife died and she didn't actually die, she didn't tell you, wouldn't you be mad? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, don't, bl- I, I don't... I, I wouldn't, wouldn't blame know. her for being mad. Huh? I don't blame her for being mad. mad. Exactly. Oh, 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 you're talking about Jen, okay. Jen, yes. You're your wife. I was like, why would the, you... The, the girl we're talking about here. <laughs> so eventually, uh, Wes says, you know what, screw this predestination stuff. I'm making my own destiny. Takes back the morpher. I'll go back to the future. Sends back the uh, time sh- the Shadow Force Megazord every once in a while. Uh, giant Ninja Megazord. Giant Shadow Ninja Megazord. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Moving on, uh, Frax uh, eventually just, when he's, the portrayal has been discovered, uh, he runs away and starts creating his own robot monsters, including, uh, including Dragontron. Uh, Dragontron is destroyed, and then he, Dragontron is destroyed, and then eventually he creates another one called Doomtron. Doomtron. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but, uh, okay, Vader's in reference. What a thing to do, song. <laughs> uh, Rancic finds him, basically wipes out his humanity, so he's just a obedient drone now. Kind of like Psychobots. And, mm-hmm. uh, but before he dies, Madeira goes to him and basically asks him, why does this cycle of hatred never stop? And as he's being dragged away, she turns back. She turns back to him and says, uh, "I'm sorry, Doctor Ferrix, for everything that's happened to you." And then, like, Ferrix's little chest light thingy, Doctor Ferrix shows up and says, "Like, she can break the chain." Unfortunately, he's dragged off before he can actually tell her, "Like, you can break the chain." And that sucks. Hmm. Yeah. 
he's dragged off. He becomes a drone. He, he pilots Doomtron to wipe out the city. Uh, Doomtron is powered by the same power source as the Q-Rex. Some kind of crystal. Let's call it dilithium crystal. Why not? Because <laughs> <laughs> that would be wrong. All right, fine. Uh, uh, I actually have Doomtrons here. Uh, what was it powered by? Uh, oh, Trizerium? Yeah. It's powered by a Trizerium crystal. Let's see. That sounds a lot like a type dilithium. Which, by the way, folks, um, I'm, I'm, a chem- I'm studying chemistry. Dilithium is real. Yeah. Of course it is. No, no, I mean, it's, it's real in the real world. It's not crystals, but dilithium is real. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So the, like, counter, the forces of these two crystals being so close to each other in a fight is going to lead to a giant explosion. Uh, uh, since, since they're pretty much going to die, Alex co- comes back and takes the team back to the future. The future. To the year 3001. <laughs> uh, and when they get back, uh, they ask him, so how did that fight end? He says, well, Wes fought valiantly, but he died. Which kind of disproves the, the whole... Wes is Alex's ancestor because I'm pretty sure Wes didn't have any kids unless he, uh, you know, he knows he's going to die so he decides to have one last hurrah before he goes into battle. <laughs> okay. Possible. Uh, possible. Yeah, possible. It's the only explanation. Well, except for maybe Alex knew telling them he's going to die would make them want to go back. I don't know. Too much predestination. I'm going to leave that to Doctor Who. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not Russell T Davies or uh, Stephen Moffat, so I can't keep that stuff straight. <laughs> no one can until they tell you to. Exactly. Yeah, uh, they come back for their own safety. So Wes and Eric are left in the past. Wes basically, or not Wes, Eric, uh, sort of is really, really injured. You've seen George of the Jungle. No one dies in this show. They just get really bad boo-boos. <laughs> Some, sometimes they call that severely injured. Yes. He, he is severely injured. And then, uh, so he gives, he basically pulls the Tommy and gives his powers over to Wes. Uh, with his, with, with the Quantum Defender, I believe it was called. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the Quantum Defender. Uh, Wes basically shoots the Q-Rex's crystal Reversing its polarity, and then, like, the two, like, the, it and Doomtron collide, and basically wipe each other out, and today saved! Yay! Yay! But the battle, the fight's not over. Or, the season's not over. That fight is over, though. Uh, Rantic is still around. Uh, he sort of goes in the showdown with, once again, with the Red Ranger. <laughs> Uh, but Nadira's hiding. Uh, he accidentally shoots her. And when he finds out, like, in his blind hatred, he shot the person he cares... He, probably the only person he cares about the entire world. Uh, he realizes that the cycle of hatred has to stop. So he turns himself in. I'm, I think, like, it, the only way to take a stop him if he, didn't, if he didn't surrender was to kill him. And since he's a human-looking mm-hmm. villain, you can't do that. 
Pretty much. Uh, I mean, it's okay to kill monsters, but now you can't kill a human-looking person. Which is the same problem they had with uh, Diva Talks. Yeah. But yeah, oh, actually, uh, that that the Z-Wave, as it was called, uh, that purified a few villains, uh, mm -hmm. that actually, a lot of these suit actors uh, who you know, were playing Ted and Rita and Diva Talks, like, they they always wanted to actually be able to be, uh, well, they never got, in Zed's case, they never got to be shown on camera, and in Rita's case, she never got to actually be the voice. Uh, right, yeah. and she had to be in that costume all the time. Yeah, but Barbara Goodson was doing the voice. Uh, mm -hmm. She got to, uh, but after after the way purified them, you got to see Julia, I think her name was Julia Cortez, uh, that might be Rita from the movie, though. Whatever it was, we, uh, the actress who played Rita from season two onward, and uh, and Ed O'Neill, who played Zed since the beginning, they finally get to be on camera as basically themselves. That was cool. Mm -hmm. Back to Time Force. <laughs> <laughs> okay, actually, wait, that's pretty much it. Mantic uh, surrenders, uh, the team goes back, Wes and Eric are allowed to keep their morphers. And then Mr. Collins asked Wes to join the, to lead the Silver Guardians. But this time they're going to be protecting people for free. Which, I don't know how to think about it. Maybe the Silver Guardians eventually became SPG. Uh, the idea is that uh, the Silver Guardians eventually became um, Time Force. Yeah, and the SPG eventually became Time Force. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. I mean, okay, basically... Zone Guardians and Lightspeed came together, they became SPD, SPD eventually became Hot Force. There you go. Because yeah. if they had time travel power, they probably can be anywhere in the universe at once. So spa patrolling space isn't... It's like Star Trek. In the 29th century, it's not spaceships anymore, it's time ships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he, Wes accepts on the condition that Eric has made his co-leader. Uh, co Mr. Collins is okay. He proved himself. And that is the end of time. Aww. That's sweet. Some notes for this series. Uh, this was uh, one of the big ones that was... Uh, it's a favorite amongst many Power Rangers fans as being darker and having more mature themes. It, um, including uh, death, implied racism, and morally gray characters. Uh, it's also the first of many Power Rangers seasons to basically adapt the actual plot of the Sentai story um, almost to the letter, just making a few changes to suit the characters, which is probably part of the reason why it's darker and more mature. Uh, what was your favorite part of the series? Trip and Circuit. Of course. Yes. And your least favorite? Pluto. Who? Pluto, the big blue fish guy. Oh, okay. You know, that was actually the main villain of the Sentai version? Yeah, he's a crime boss. Exactly. Can you believe that? That's nuts. Well, no, I mean, like, you look um, at it, and, oh, I've, I've seen this one picture, he's, like, standing over a model of the city, and he's got, like, his hands get, like, a mob boss, so, like, kind of, like, I can see it with that picture. Okay. But, yeah, the way he's portrayed in this series, they really changed that character. <laughs> yes, yes, they have. Let's see. My favorite, I don't know, I really like Wes. Mm -hmm. I think you're supposed to, but I really like him. He's kind of a cool guy and a good hero. My least favorite, though, is um, Nadira. She is whiny and annoying. Yeah, really is. 
and basically a spoiled brat for most of the series. Yeah, but that's supposed to. That's I, I'm I'm thinking the writers had this entire season, uh, season planned out. That just made it. That just made the ending more awesome because like just the change of heart she had and how she affected Rancic. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I know it was. I mean, it's important to the thing, but it, it's it was still you know yeah. annoying as heck. Yeah. According to Daniel Southworth, at Power, uh, who played Eric at, Power, at one of the Power Morphicons, due to the popularity of Time Force and the relationship between the production crew and the cast, they almost came back for a second season. Whether he means a second season of Time Force or if the characters coming back for the Wild Force uh, was unknown. Also, apparently there was rumor that they might they were looking into possibly doing another movie, but budget and time. <laughs> kind of killed that, as well as the fact that Saban stuff got sold to Disney. But more on that in a little bit. Time was not a factor for Time Force. Why would that matter? Oh, ha, 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 ha. I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah funny. Episode 22, The Last Race, marks the 400th episode of the Power Rangers franchise. Time Force is the first and so far only season to feature a Pink Ranger as the leader even though the Red Ranger is not only the protagonist of the show, but was the field leader. It is the first series since uh, since the trend started in Power Rangers Turbo that did not have most or all of the Rangers' arsenal being destroyed in the final battle. Most of it wasn't even created yet. Exactly. Time Force is the first Power Ranger series where the original Rangers, with the exception of Wes, took or stole their morphers rather than being given them. Because that's what heroes do. They steal. Time Force is the only series thus far to feature a sixth ranger that wore basically the same colors as another team member. Time Force is notable for being the first series where the rangers don't destroy the monsters, but rather capture them in containers. Episode 36, Circuit Unsure, was dedicated to Tui Trang. Trini in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, she was killed in a car accident. And they dedicated that episode to her. It was the first to feature a family member accidentally finding out their relative was a Power Ranger when Mr. A. Collins found out that Wes was the Red Ranger because of damage to his visor. It was the first series to employ Power Rangers from the future. It was the first season to include a standard-issue sidearm not featured in the Sentai counterpart. The Chrono Blasters were not used in the Japanese versions. The Time Rangers did not have sidearms and were completely an American creation. Uh, Time Force is the first season to feature 12 Rangers in the crossover team-up episode. Uh, It's the first and so far only season to have a Megazord which can switch from one Megazord mode to another using only the five core components as the Megazord had a Time Flyer, uh, which was a combination of all the Time Flyers uh, into one giant Time Jet, uh, and then, of course, Megazord Red, Megazord Red and Megazord Blue, do just, just a reconfiguration of some of the combinations. Uh, the series finale, The End of Time, is the second Power Rangers season finale arc with three episodes. Uh, we also discovered, ironically, that if, you're, if we're talking about time... The End of Time was also the name of the final two episodes of David Tennant's run as the Tenth Doctor on Doctor Who, who travels through time. And ironically, the only other three-episode season finale arc in Power Rangers, Journey's End, was the title of his final regular series episode, since The End of Time were actually specials. And the the funny thing is is that uh, they didn't they did, uh, the Power Rangers guys didn't do it on purpose. It would have been the other way around. So either it's just an amazing coincidence, or someone over there likes is a little bit of a Power Rangers fan. I'm thinking it's coincidence. 
I crap, but I'm gonna it's hard to say. I'm gonna just uh, hold on to the fact that people from Doctor Who like Highlanders. <laughs> Uh, and, um, this is the first Power Rangers series so far to have absolutely no supernatural element at all, aside from when, from the team-up episode and the Battleizer. Uh, all major plot points were limited to science fiction. This is probably just about the most adult of the Power Rangers series. Mm-hmm. Did you have anything else you wanted to say about Time Force? Okay, Blue Ranger was a Scorpion King at one point. Daniel Southwood actually auditioned for the role of Adam before... He did, and he didn't get it. Uh, yeah, I, um, I thought I thought I who had the interview with him. I think it was um, from the command center. Uh, they had an interview with Daniel Southwood. He um, he got on the sh- well, but after he auditioned, he actually became one of the stuntmen on the show. Uh, he wasn't allowed to be in the suit because they those helmets were like a couple thousand dollars, so they only put the guys they really trust into those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah, and he, uh, and then he, because of that, he sort of just built a relationship with the crew, and then eventually he auditioned for the role of uh, Eric, uh, Alex, Eric, uh, and and actually got it that time. Yay! Yay. Which is why he actually has quite a few scenes where he does stunt fighting, mm-hmm. and it's actually him. As everybody else generally has stunt actors that do a lot of the stunts. It's especially notable in a in an episode from the following season, which we'll get to in just a moment. So moving on, our final season for this episode is Power Rangers Wild Force. Rangers Wild Force ran for 40 episodes from February 9th, 2002 to November 16th, 2002, and was adapted from the Japanese series Yakuju Sentai Gauri. Thank you. This series was a big deal because it's the first part, to, it's the first series to be created after the sale of, of all of the Saban brand to Disney because Saban had gone bankrupt. Basically, this is one of, another one of those transition series as Disney oversaw the production of the series, but the same crew took care of the show, uh, MMPR Productions, who had been basically taking care of the show since basically MMPR. And since Disney was going to be relocating the series to New Zealand and uh, changing pretty much all of the crew after this series, they tried to throw as much stuff in here as they could to make this basically like it was the final uh, season of Power Rangers, once again. Uh, it's also an important series as it celebrates the 10 years, t- the 10 year 
anniversary of Power Rangers. As far as the synopsis, uh, let's see. So 3,000 years ago in an ancient land, Maria, an evil arose from the Earth, vile creatures known as Org. Led by the fearsome Master Org, these creatures lived only for destruction. Five mighty warriors armed with the mystical crystal, crystal sabers defended Animaria against the Org. To protect Animaria as the war raged on, the warriors used the power of the sabers to lift Animaria into the sky. Princess Shayla remained on the floating island in a deep sleep along with the five wild zords, waiting for the day when they were once again needed. The warriors defeated the Org with the help of several other wild zords, which would be lost over time, and imprisoned the Org deep within the earth. In the time that has passed, pollution has weakened the Earth, allowing the Org to slowly break free of their prisons. Princess Shayla awoke, and the Wild Zords began choosing or champions uh, who would defend the Earth as Wild Force Power Rangers. Taylor, a tough-as-nails fighter pilot. Danny, a soft-spoken florist. Max, a wise-cracking youngster. Alyssa, a kind-hearted college student. And Cole, a young man raised in the wilderness in search of his true origin. The ranger's mission grew increasingly dangerous as the leader of all orgs, Master Org, returned to reunite his empire. Throughout their adventures, the rangers would uncover the lost wild zords. During times of need, new zords were either found or appeared to the rangers. Alyssa found the elephant. Max was saved by the giraffe. Taylor helped the bears regain their true forms. Cole was saved by, from Master Org by the gorilla and found an egg which hatched into the baby soul bird. And Danny was joined by the rhino and armadillo. There was also a deer zord and a spiritual request a spiritual request uh, a spiritual quest revealed the falcon zord to Cole. This is a, a different falcon zord than the one from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Uh, the general org named Nazor opened a tomb in which Zenaku lay for 3,000 years. Imprisoned by the ancient five warriors, Zenaku sought revenge by destroying their successors, the Wild Force Rangers. He, de he defeated them time and time again, wearing them down until the day he would actually destroy them. The Rangers eventually discovered that Zenaku was actually Merrick, the sixth ancient warrior who became cursed by a wolf mask that he put on to gain enough power to destroy Master Org 3,000 years ago. The Rangers broke the curse and restro restored Merrick to normal. Merrick's wild zords granted him the Lunar Collar, which he used to morph into the Lunar Wolf Ranger. Merrick doesn't join the team feeling guilty about his misdeeds, but helps the Rangers out when they need it. Master Org kidnaps Prince, kidnapped Princess Shayla for a ritual in which an Org heart would be created. During the ritual, Toxica and Jindrix, or Jindrax helped the Rangers by rescuing the princess, but Master Org was still able to create the Org heart, which gave him ultimate power. He was destroyed in the final battle by dozens of Wild Swords who had emerged to help the Powerless Rangers. Toxica and Jindrax made their peace with the Rangers and left to roam the world. And Princess Shayla took the Rangers' powers back and stayed on the air in Amerium while the Rangers returned to their normal lives. Now, before we go too far, I should also point out that there was a couple of important team-ups. First up, there was Reinforcements from the Future, uh, which was the annual team-up episode that saw the Wild Force Rangers team up with the Time Force Rangers in order to stop three mutant orgs, or mute orgs, from polluting the Earth. It also featured the first time when a former villain teamed up with the rangers to face the enemy as uh, Rancic wanted to, uh, to stop the mute orgs. These episodes are special as it contained numerous references to, to various longtime Power Rangers fans, uh, and it's con generally considered as one of the best team-ups due to the fact that the episode was written by a member of the fandom who was later hired to write for Wild Force. 
and the fact that the team uh, brought closure to several plot holes in Time Force. Also, basically, no Sentai footage was used in the team-up, including no use of Zords. The other big team-up for this series uh, was the big 10th anniversary team-up. It was called Forever Red. It uh, commemorated 10 years of Power Rangers by having Cole team up with the nine previous Red Rangers. Basically, they got everyone except for uh, Rocky, and there's a reason for that. Apparently, he had just moved, and they lost. They didn't have his new number, and they couldn't get a hold of him. Uh, so to replace him and have 10 Rangers, they had uh, the Quantum Ranger come back. And they do this to defeat an offshoot of the Machine Empire one last time. And one of my favorite scenes it, uh, actually involves uh, the big super morph of all of them into their Ranger forms, using basically their original morphs. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's do it, guys! It's time! Tyrannosaurus! Mighty Morphin Power Ranger! Morphin Time! Renzio Ranger! Ah! Shift in the turbo! Red Turbo Ranger! Yeah! Let's rock it! Red Space Ranger! Go! Collect! Rescue! Red light speed ranger! Yeah! Time for Time for But it also has a really cool, uh, as I was mentioning, or started to mention earlier, uh, it has a really cool out-of-costume fight of the Red Rangers versus the or uh, no, versus uh, Cogs. But that was also all American footage, and uh, because of that, they didn't it didn't feature any Sentai footage, including uh, no Megazord, which uh, you said was a problem. Yeah, the, the, uh, the production had a problem with getting the uh, anniversary. Episode of Greenlit because it didn't feature anything. It didn't really feature anything from the current season. Uh, so Bandai was saying, "Well, why would we make this? We, uh, we not very sold the toys for all these previous seasons. Yet, uh, we're not making them now. So, in order to actually get it, get the go ahead, had to include the Wild Horse Rider into, into the episode." Yeah, which actually, when the episode aired, had not been introduced into the series yet. Really? Which was interesting. Okay. Yeah, it hadn't been... Uh, uh, despite the episode guide listed on the wiki, uh, the episode aired right after Reinforcements from the Future. The Wild Force writer was not introduced until shortly after Forever Red. Mm. I think it was... It might have actually been a production order thing, because going by production order, Forever Red came, after, came quite a bit later, but... On airing order, the Wild Force Rider basically had its debut in Forever Red. But, uh, having said all that, oh, that uh, what was your favorite... That, well, sorry, but uh, that kind of like hurt this, the episode. I mean, Serpentero was unbeatable, and then Cole just took it out with the Wild Force Rider. I mean, with Zord. Yeah, although if you think about it, technically it was a uh, motorcycle given to him by God, so... Uh, yeah, good point, actually. 
But yes, that that is a big point of contention was the fact that uh, basically Cole was able to take out Serpentera on his own when uh, full-on Megazords couldn't wouldn't have been able to take him out, take it out. Uh, of course, there was also some problems with the CGI where uh, Serpentera was merely a fraction of its former self in size. Anyway, so yeah, but this was uh, this was one of the bigger episodes too. They used some, they spent some money on this. Uh, most of it takes place on the moon. There's a lot of uh, the the big uh, special wire effects with the fighting. Uh, there's a cool the the gun fight the gun uh, f- fight part of the battle with uh, Carter and Andros. Uh, that was really that part was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, they. I mean, it's not like it was a movie, uh, and it's not considered the best episode ever of Power Rangers, but it was a pretty fun little episode, and it was cool to see the uh, Red, former Red Rangers back, even if it was just this one time. Apparently, it was they had enough, I want to say they had enough footage for two episodes, or it originally was going to be conceived as two episodes, but it had to be cut to one. I might be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that I heard that somewhere. Okay, your favorite part of the season? Oh, the, the team-up. Which one? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, reinforcing from future. Okay. And your least favorite? Danny's uh, being stupid little ongoing romance with his previous manager. All right. <laughs> my, my favorite, just for sheer fan-winkiness, um, has to be Forever Red. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my least favorite has to be um, Danny and Max's constant never give up. Uh, I know it's something to keep in mind, but they literally said it multiple times just about every episode. It got really old really, really fast. Yeah. But yeah. yeah that bromance was not played out well. No. <laughs> um, but it's, it kind of worked out because, uh, you know, they... I mean, it helped them through the series. It's just got really annoying. As for the notes, Wild Force was the first season to have a narrator like its Sentai counterpart. Uh, it was the first Power Rangers series where the Rangers are shown to be operating already uh, without a Red Ranger before the start of the show. In fact, it's revealed that basically Taylor, the Yellow Ranger, gets her powers a full year before Cole shows up. Therefore, Wild Force Rangers were on active duty during the events of Time Force. Okay, Wild Force is the first season to show the Zords in full CGI, not only in presentation, but in any scene prior to their combination into the Megazord. There are a few instances uh, where you see um, non-CGI versions of the Zords, but it's never the full Zord. It's usually just like the head, just because, you know, to have physical contact with the bad guy. It's like the head bumping into him or uh, like the lion's paw scratching or something. But for the most part, uh, they are completely CGI until they form the Megazord, in which case they become the usual uh, suit. Uh, The season is the first time the Power Rangers actually copied the Sentai transformation sequence in every detail other than changing out the actors. This was the first series to not feature a Pink Ranger, and the first since In Space to not have a Green Ranger. Uh, It's the first season of Power Rangers since In Space to have a Black Ranger, and I mean, like, the color of the costume. And the first since Mighty Morphin and their alien counterparts to have a white ranger. Uh, the series was unique in the fact that the villains are called orgs, much like their 
in Galranger. I believe they're called like orcs there. Uh, I could be wrong. Even the monsters the Power Rangers had to defeat mostly had the same names without any changes. Uh, in fact, I believe the main producer from, or one of the main writer or something from the Japanese version worked on Wild Force to, as the main writer. So there's a reason for that. Uh, Wild Force has the distinction of featuring the oldest known Power Ranger, as Merrick was over 3,000 years old during Wild Force. Um, he looked a day over 1,000. I know, he looks pretty good for his age. <laughs> Spry young man. Uh, this season holds the record of the highest number of Zords featured, 22. But Max, the Blue Ranger, is the only one to have to have fewer than three Zords, as he only gets two. That's because he's a kid. Yeah, and he yeah actually, let me wonder. Um, okay, Max was the kid of the, of the group, but we know Alyssa was in college. So exactly how old is Max supposed to be? Well, I wasn't sure if Alyssa was going back to college. Or if she was only college-aged. Well, she... I think, well, she, we definitely thought she was going to college. But I, I, I don't know, just going, just going by appearances, uh, she, I think she was college-age. Okay. Well, I, I don't know. He, he was supposed to be the youngest one of the team. That I guess that would put him in, what, high school? Well, I had a feeling that he was you know, an adult, though. Maybe he was like, just fresh out of high school. Possible. Uh, Completely possible. I honestly don't know. <laughs> this series also has the current record for Power Ranger appearances from previous seasons at 13. Uh, the first, uh, they had, of course, the six Time Force Rangers and then the seven extra Red Rangers in Forever Red. Uh, the series gave a brief return to the comedy duo of Bulk and Skull in the episode Forever Red as they return complete with their uh, some of their special uh, sound effects. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's the last Power Rangers series to be produced by MMPR Productions and the first season to be developed completely under ownership of Disney and not Saban. The Time Force Wild Force team up was the first made for Power Rangers team up since there's never been a Gal Ranger versus Time Ranger team up. Because Gal Ranger used their team up episode to do their special 25th anniversary special. This is the first season to show realistic blood when Zenaku's left hand was cut. Uh, Forever Red is the first episode to commemorate the anniversary of the Power Rangers franchise, uh, which would only be repeated two more times until we get to Power Rangers Megaforce. Uh, this is the first season since Mighty Morphin Power Rangers to not use wrist morphers, as they're using cell phone morphers here. According to the earlier script, it is the first Power Rangers series that will not have a team-up with the future generation of Power Rangers, as the Wild Force Rangers are permanently disbanded at the end of the series. Even though the Gal Rangers, of, even though the Japanese Gal Rangers do team up with the Hurricanes, which is the uh, the team that uh, basically Ninja Storm is based on, the Wild Force Rangers never return to this day. This is the first incarnation of Power Rangers since In Space to not have the Rangers' base of operations destroyed in the finale, and the first of all incarnations to not have the Rangers' base of operations destroyed at all. As technically, even though the power chamber was not destroyed in Zeo. Uh, it was destroyed at the end of Turbo, and the Astro Megaship survived in space, but was destroyed in Lost Galaxy. And that's and that's pretty much it. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to say about Power Rangers Wild Force? No. Okay, I have one more thing I wanted to say. Uh, something that was kind of skipped over in the synopsis. Um, one of the big differences between Wild Force and Gal Ranger was the story of Cole. 
and Master Orc. The Red Ranger in uh, Gal Ranger was basically just a veterinarian who was called upon and chosen to be the the war the basically the Red Lion Warrior, I guess you would call it, or the Blazing Lion Warrior. Mm-hmm. Cole uh, had basically, you know, was born in the wilderness, basically, oh, and um, uh, was raised by a tribe. Now, there's a story behind that that ties tie him into the to Master Org. Uh, basically, parents Richard and Elizabeth Evans were professors at Turtle Cove University, along with a family friend, Victor Al Adler. When they were sent to the to the jungle for research, they discovered the remains of Master Org, and by remains, it's just like these little seeds, um, in which a jealous Adler consumed in order to exact revenge on Richard because he had proposed to Elizabeth before he could. Both of the men were in love with her. Anyway, uh, over the next few several years, eventually uh, Elizabeth uh, gets pregnant and gives birth to Cole. However, Adler eventually goes insane and kills both Richard and Elizabeth. And for a while, their newborn son, Cole, was presumed dead. Eventually, you know, he's found by this tribe and raised in the jungles uh, and eventually comes back to civilization just in time for the series to start. As for Ma- as for Master Org, Jendrix and Toxica eventually realize that he's kind of a fake. Uh, as we mentioned, he he yes, he basically ate the seeds that were the remains of Master Org, but he himself was not an Org, and had a fake horn, the symbol of an Org, which he used to kind of trick them. But um, after being defeated by Cole, Master Org is... Jendrix uh, and Toxica basically almost kill him, uh, and when they do, and it was kind of funny because when he falls, he they knock him off a cliff, and Jendrix actually says, "Have a nice trip, see you next fall," and that episode was actually the last episode before the summer break, uh, so really they did see him the next fall when he came back, but uh, when he came back, his human side was gone, and he grew a horn and became a true orc and became even more evil and more powerful. And then there was, and that started some infighting with the bad guys. So yeah, there was a uh, that that was that whole story was completely original for Wild Force. It's a pretty interesting story. Yeah. All right, and that's going to do it for this section of our look at Power Rangers. Um, I want to thank everyone for listening. Daoud, why don't you tell the good folks uh, where on the internets they can find you? Find me on Facebook. Yeah, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, good luck finding me though. You uh, you can't spell my name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I'm also on Twitter uh, at uh, Dao FAQ, uh, D-A-O, capital F, capital A, capital Q. Uh, as you might know, it's in full trivia, so kind of fits. And I'm also a co-host on the Noob52 podcast, uh, three Noob podcasting their way to the Noob52, uh, DC Comics Noob52. Uh, it's, you can find us at uh, the Noob52, it's N-E-W-B, the number 52. Lipson.com. Uh, we just recorded our Man of Steel special. Uh, that's up now. And uh, hopefully we'll be getting back to recording regular episodes soon uh, after David gets married. Yay, David! Yeah. Two weeks. <laughs> and Dawood is so excited about it. He's like, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, you got married. Well, <laughs> I'm 21. I don't want to yet. You don't know that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, I was married by the time when I I was married when I was 20, when I turned twenty one. So I yeah. Uh, it'll probably be like probably five years or so for me, just because I, I wanted to like, get settled with my first. 
You want to get? I want to get my life settled first. Oh, that's like with kids. That'll never happen. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. The, yeah. Let's not get started on the kids thing. Actually, uh, we'll, we'll be we'll be here for another few hours. I, I, <laughs> no, I just I like kids. It's just like it's kind of a long conversation. Yeah. Okay. Um. Oh. Um. Also, if you if you guys like Green Lantern, uh, I I'm on the Lantern Cast forums a lot. Uh, my username on there is the same as my Twitter. Uh, if you do try to hang, uh, check that out. Go to go to the introduce yourself thread. Uh, tell everyone about who you are and what you like about Green Lantern. Uh, we're all interested to know. Okay. Well, thank you all for listening, and thank you, David, for joining. David, wow. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Daoud, for joining me. Uh, join us next time when we discuss more Power Rangers on Charlie's Geekcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. May the power protect you. This has been an episode of Charlie's Geekcast, hosted by Charlie Neumeyer. The show's website is www.charliesgeekcast.com, where you'll find notes and images for each episode. Please feel free to leave a comment there or email the show at charliesgeekcast at gmail.com, and I'll read them on the air. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes. I also have another show called Superman of the Bronze Age, where I cover Superman comics published between 1970 and 1986. You can find that at www.supermanofthebronzeage.com. Charlie's Geekcast is an I Don't Have a Fake Company name production. All images and music used are copyright their respective copyright holders. Thank you for listening, and God bless. God bless.